ladies and gentlemen the year is 2018 the date is january 16th the day is tuesday that means um only one thing if you know what tuesdays mean and it is time to talk technology on ghana radio welcome to the only relevant technology show on ghana radio you're welcome to city trends and it is season four City Trends is sponsored by Haptel, Rethink Customer Service. On the show today, we have a very frank conversation about robotics education in Ghana. And then we have a chat about Uber in Ghana and why everybody seems to be up in their business and up in arms about the company's work in the country. We have some new segments on the show this year and we'll be telling you all about it and rolling them out just for you remember however that if you are a technology company or a tech entrepreneur and you work with a tech startup and you offer solutions to some of ghana's problems this is your chance to let the world know about what you are doing all you need to do is send an email to 973 at gmail.com that is 973 at gmail.com today and let's get talking but then today's show is live and interactive and you can be a part of it with your thoughts via the whatsapp number 054-998-6996 you can also reach out via twitter using the hashtag city trends get in touch with me directly by messaging me on twitter my handle is at kofi ashon so whether you're ready or not the conversation begins Uber this, Uber that. Uber seems to be everywhere. From an EU ruling calling for Uber to be recognized as a transport company to report about fights between taxi drivers and Uber drivers in Ghana, this one company does not seem to have a day's breathing space. The Ministry of Transport this week has denied reports that apparently it directed Uber to ensure all its drivers brand their cars like taxis. Now, the ministry says it is coordinating talks between the Commercial Taxi Drivers Association in Ghana, Uber, and other stakeholders. Uber says that it is ready to open its platform to commercial transport operators as well. What is going on? Why are people up in arms against this company that has made transportation so easy or has it? Well, that is the reason why we're going to have this conversation on the show. What has Uber done wrong and where are we headed? Where is the conversation going to end up? What is going to happen? We try to look into the crystal ball this evening. With me is Maximus Amasago. Now, Maximus was my very first guest in season three. This is last year. And he happens to be my very first guest for 2018, which is season four. So it's he is he's special. He's a very special part of the City Trends family. Maximus, you're welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, Maximus is the brain behind Pop Out, and um, they have some very interesting um, social media awards coming up, I believe, or 
up awards actually coming up this year so you should watch out for that but today we are going to discuss uber now maximum people seem to have a problem with uber some people actually don't even know what uber is all about so for the avoidance of doubts is uber a problem what is uber in the first place and is it a problem uber is a, uber is of of course an innovation it's an obvious uh, disruption in the transport industry so the uber effect is is recognized across the world and traditional transport system is feeling the particular impact and for me uber like uh, the description uh, on their website you know the the ceo had the idea the founder had the idea of you know hailing a cab or a taxi right so it it informed them to him to develop a simple app where you can press a button and then hail a cab mm. so that's the whole concept behind the uber uh, innovation so just by pressing an app on your phone you can hail the nearest available taxis and then you can select or you can yeah, they can call you and then you respond so typically it's supposed to be a solution but it seems that uber is having problems left right center virtually every day around the world I think obviously, if you have a technical uh, 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 innovation, which which uh, some will say is ahead of regulation, mm. or some will even say that as, uh, a technology that does, doesn't want to fit into existing regulations because of the traditional bureaucracies mm. or traditional uh, bottlenecks or restrictions, you will still have a challenge. So whether you are a newcomer, a latter descent, as an, an innovator you may have issues if regulations don't uh, fit into your 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 scheme of things or a model that mm. you're running mm. yeah um and my guess my guess is it seems that it's difficult to regulate uber and that is why so many different institutions have problems with it so you go to one um community of people and the taxi drivers they are having a problem because um uber drivers don't have a medallion for example so that they can operate you go to a separate community and taxi drivers are beating up uber drivers because they seem to be making more money you go to a separate you know community and it seems like problems all over but it's just a disruption basically yeah i think that uh, you see innovation has to be regulated or it has to be uh, a law abiding innovation right mm. because i just can't just sit up and just say okay the law says i can't use my private car for a commercial transport mm. service and then uber is in ghana telling me that i can make extra money off my private car mm. that is clearly you know breaking the, the laws of ghana obviously everybody wants a nice car to ride in and a we have a very car. yeah and you know the the whole middle uh, level problem of okay there's no water in our area so let's buy a polytank mm. so we ignore the poor person who can't afford the polytank so they have to go and fetch water mm. very far away so okay the taxis are not nice so let's hail a, a, a nice looking car which is like a private car you can go to all the public places where taxis are, uh, are, not, allowed. are not allowed yeah. so yeah the poor person who will take the normal taxi which doesn't have a seat well, belt, that's their problem that's their problem right but we have clear regulations governing the use of commercial transport services in ghana what about the argument that and i mean we are zoning in into ghana hmm. what exactly is uber doing wrong in ghana i would not say wrong because for course the courts will, will, will de uh, determine that but based on the law that we have and of course the obvious agitation by the gprtu 
saying that if you're operating a commercial service, you have to be branded uh, like so. If you're operating a taxi, mm. you have to be branded like a taxi. Mm. So the usual two colors, uh, you know, your front and, uh, and back, and, the back, and then you have a sign on top the blue of and yellow. Yeah, the blue and yellow, or yellow and ash, whichever color you select. You know, the obvious uh, visible branding of taxi. So they want every Uber operator, anybody who run, uh, uses the Uber app, should be uh, to look like a taxi. And obviously, that's the description we give to Uber. There's some people say it's a ride sharing. Uber is not a ride sharing concept. Mm. Uber is a, a, a ride hailing. Right. There are two different things. Right. Ride sharing is okay. Philip is going to uh, my area in Tamar. So I can let me let me join Philip. And then we can go. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But Philip will not be the typical taxi driver I'll call to right. come and pick me to a location and I'll pay him. So there are two different concepts. Mm. Mm. And Uber falls within the concept of hailing a cab or a taxi. Right. So if you are hailing a cab or taxi, that description of the car must show up when you hail it. Mm. So why is it different in Ghana that you have to use a private car for a commercial transport service? So what you're basically saying is that even though we acknowledge that the technology has gone ahead of the regulation. Awesome. Yeah. All we are saying is that the technology needs to understand that it's operating it's operating. It can't within work in, in a vacuum. But you, I mean, my, that's, and that's where I guess a lot of people have a problem with because yes. clearly the system that we've been using has not helped anyone. It's very frustrating. It's difficult. The taxis are terrible. When you when stuff gets missing, you why can't we say to ourselves, you know what this this is a solution. This is a great solution. It helps everybody. We can keep track of the taxi driver or the uber drivers how much money they are making we can tax them appropriately because we have a database upon which we can refer like it seems it, it is a very good model exactly so see, why why do we seem so 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 hesitant to open our arms wide and accept this very interesting solution to our transportation you know issues? you know, you know the, the whole disruption is double-edged so the same as in other countries where you will you know, have taxi drivers and transport unions fighting Uber, right? When you come together, the fact that you have a nice car that you are riding, okay, mm. and Uber doesn't mean they should not follow the laws. Mm. If we're maybe a developed country, if you're living in a Dubai, where you have a Lamborghini or any, you can think of any of uh, the, the best cars or top brand cars picking mm. you up. If you say they, they're using the same car for Uber, you will not complain because they are in good conditions, right? Very high spec, air conditioned, the driver is nice, like brand new cars. Mm. In Ghana, we don't have the same thing, right? But the issue is, should we, shouldn't we be calling for a better condition of taxis or public transport system instead of say, okay, Uber has come, so let's, let's keep our problems. But the issue the is that everybody in this country, at least anyone who earns a decent salary who can afford to take a taxi, has always wanted to ride in a better cab yeah the problem is that the taxi associations or whoever regulates this transportation sector has not been interested in number one regulating properly yeah. the space and showing that we have very good 
you know uh, vehicles that we are going to ride in mm. ensuring that they are taxed appropriately yeah. it seems that it's we've just been sitting around waiting and hoping that something miraculous happens and when something miraculous does happen we seem to be very offended because it doesn't go according to our liking yeah, and that's why we say that uh, whether it's a miracle or the best of innovations you must follow the laws of the land it's that simple right you can't say because your 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 neighbors stole chicken and it, they were they, it wasn't caught so you are also going to steal chicken or you are going to steal goat because your neighbor was not caught by the police mm. right you must obey the laws right it's very clear you cannot use private uh what do you call it cars for a commercial service people think okay rental cars rental cars have a different regime mm-hmm. when it comes to that arrangement mm. Uber doesn't own a car, that's what they say, but the rental companies own those cars, right? right? Uber says, we don't, uh, uh, we are an app company. Meanwhile, you are employing drivers. What are they doing in your company, Hmm. right? So are they developing an app? They are not developing an app. So that's why Europe, a court in Europe can declare that you are a taxi company. Company. London has refused to renew their license because they see them as a, 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 a what do you call it a taxi company or a transport company right so how different is it in ghana that our basic law says if you're operating a taxi or a transport a commercial transport service you must be branded in a certain way mm. so the least they can do is to engage the ministry and say okay we don't want the typical traditional branding of an uber car so can we get a sticker or just a taxi or some sign to show that this is a commercial vehicle and you have a different arrangement and i'm sure the ministry will not so say um, no. so what you're saying is uber's main problem is the loss of ghana yeah so then begs the question why have they operated this long without someone like flagging these issues yeah also also when it comes to law it, it doesn't matter how long you have, you have I flown, understand. yeah i understand i'm just saying yeah like I mean, if they have flouted the law, why has it taken this long for us to, number one, recognize that they've flouted the law and actually taking steps to do something about it? Exactly. So the law enforcement agencies must work. That's why the GPR2 guys also want to make sure they play fairly. They are not saying Uber shouldn't operate in Ghana. If you're a competitor, just operate within the laws. Right. If you're a nice taxi, you can be branding the same yellow color and you'll be a nice car, air conditioned. I will now hail an Uber taxi. I'll prefer that over the traditional. There's a competition. So you hail an Uber. If you want yours to be hailed, you must also equally brand yourself like that. Hmm. Now, the same Uber who doesn't want to, I won't say they don't want to, they, they, they are not following the, the laws that we have also do not allow commercially branded vehicles to be used as uber the show is city trends on 97.3 city fm and we're having uh, an open conversation about uber's position in ghana it's it's not enjoyed very good press recently for obvious reasons um everything from people being um 
called at inappropriate times by Uber drivers or whatever. But then basically, Uber is not having a good day in Ghana and quite frankly, all around the world. Things don't seem very nice for Uber. So that is the issue that we are discussing. But your comments are welcome on our WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. On Twitter, just use the hashtag CityTrend. So this week, Uber drivers haven't been ordered to rebrand as taxis. This is a message from the Transport Ministry. And um, actually, some messages coming through right now. Let me just get through to them. Stephen Nasebodi says, Uber is a really great solution, but there are issues they need to fix. Too many unprofessional drivers, even unable to read maps, dirty cars, etc., etc. And it's kind of interesting because one of um, Farida Shaibu, who is um, um, the lady who joins me for trending, Mm. actually decided to dig a little deeper. Mm. And she spoke to one of the Uber officials about some of the processes it takes for people to register their vehicles, you know, on the Uber platform. And they basically told her to just go online and register the vehicle. Yeah, that's what they do. Which was very interesting because their understanding usually is that, you know, you go through a certain strict process, they write some exams, they inspect your vehicles. There's a very strict process that you have to go through. Mm. But it seems that things are changing and it kind of brings us to this point where someone like Stephen talks about the dirty vehicles because typically globally you would expect that Uber vehicles whether Lyft or Uber whichever one are supposed to meet a certain minimum standard mm. but it seems like the doors have been open for everybody to just jump in and listeners for those of you who are probably wondering why we don't have an Uber representative in the studio we have actually extended an invitation and we didn't get them because internal communication processes so I mean that's why but we still need to discuss the issue so yeah. it's very interesting how these changes are happening within the application and i don't know what your thoughts are about it because you would think that certain minimum standards are supposed to be met before an uber vehicle basically is on the streets yeah exactly you see that's why we we are not saying that uber should be banned nobody is saying uber should be banned just follow the law and i'm sure steven has experienced that and a lot of people ask me go like maximus why is it uh Uber using just all these small cars and picantos and all those very small cars and the big ones have disappeared. I was like, I don't know why. Maybe maybe the area that you find yourself, you've only get the, the small, very smaller cars who come. Some complain, some of them, their condition doesn't work. Their GPS doesn't work. Of course, we know GPS, has, there are issues with GPS, right? So you can't blame Uber for that. Because there are so many things that result in uh, errors when it comes to GPS or location-based applications. Mm. But the the whole idea of Uber, you know, from one country to the other, they have issues, they have to resolve, and then they do Uber taxi, they have to delete it from their website. So if you Google it, when you click on it, it gives you uh, an error page. You know, they've been banned in a couple of countries. There's... the I think they have issues with how they can contextualize or localize their solutions in every country where they operate. Who doesn't want to call a taxi to come to his house to pick him or her to anywhere they want to? Mm. Brilliant idea. But it has to be within the law. Branding the car doesn't reduce the value of the service. That's the issue. Mm. So, And some people say, okay, there are some public places where taxis are not allowed. Right, I'm sure because of the record issue that you can't trace some of those people. And I think GPR2 and the they should also find a way of modernizing 
that okay all well, every taxi must be registered mm. under us and wherever they operate you know they have you must have regulations governing all those things but then this week when we spoke to you know i think it was someone from the transport ministry or the gprtu or the yeah. city back pressure where they were talking about they are now like if it's an assignment that yeah. they are going to be given they are now going to start thinking through the process of it quite frankly it just seems like someone is very upset that someone is making more money than they are and that is how it feels no, no, a lot of the time philip you see i also feel their pain right because if if you're operating a commercial taxi or a taxi service mm -hmm. right because uber can say they are not operating a taxi service mm. they're operating a taxi service and you are competing with people who pay their vehicle income tax who pay their metropolitan assembly tax before the dvla and all that and you are just paying dvla and insurance of course your cost of operation will be cheaper than theirs. Of course, but Uber does all the payments of the all the other taxes that they're supposed to. They are supposed that's to what pay Uber a says. tax, tax Uber on says, the 75%. Uber says that they provide or they take care of all the tax obligations that these drivers... From the 25%... Within the platform, yes. they take care of all the tax obligations of these drivers. So really, in terms of the tax that they're supposed to pay, Uber says that they take care of all of that. Uber is saying that because I know people who operate this thing, they get 75% from the amount they charge. So I don't know whether they are paying the taxes from the 25% mm. the, the commission they get from the drivers. Big question. People ask, um, so some, some people move from Tema to Kaneshi and some other parts of Accra. And then these cars are not painted in whichever. They are basically private vehicles. Mm -hmm. Why haven't we been up in arms all this while when we know that these vehicles are operating within the capital and yet when uber decides to to a certain line everybody's is upset about that's it. what i was saying that you see the law enforcement has to be 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 active right the agencies must enforce the laws there are rental companies philip there are transport and rental companies who are registered and they pay their taxes for owning those cars right you see a typical trotros don't have any specific color branding but they have commercial number plates right so for me you can have a typical you can have a, a car that is private maybe in that, that color but we have a number plate that is a commercial a number plate but what does a color have to anything to do with anything i want a vehicle that is clean that is neat that solves my problem my country my community has refused to, for all these years, give me a better solution. Someone gives me a solution, and all of a sudden, we're up in arms. Let's get to some messages that all are right. coming through on the show. So, um, the first one, um, I think it's the same law, Ghana. I, I think it's the same law, Ghana, that allows Uber to operate in Ghana. So, why these? Okay, so basically, trying to say that mm. the same laws that allowed Uber to start operating in Ghana are the same ones that have allowed everybody else to work and so why these issues now the inspection of vehicles is done online but the inspection of is outsourced to total filling stations i'm an uber investor and a driver as well that's very very interesting um a message there unfortunately and, and legally are they are, are the total filling stations the ones supposed to inspect the conditions of cars but then they also the uber can outsource to the company it's, it's, no, it has it's to a, outsource to the right uh, what do you call it? Organization, right? Well, moving on to some <laughs> messages. Some more messages. Um, 
Okay, hi Philip. Your guest assertion that Uber doesn't allow taxi branded vehicles to register with Uber is inaccurate because I've taken Uber in Kumasi and it was branded in local taxis. That's Kofi AEC from the industry. I do, I have actually Philip, taken go, go to their website, is there. Go to their website, is there. I'm mm. not making it up. It's mm. on their website that commercially branded taxis are not allowed. That's very interesting because yeah. I have taken, I have requested for an Uber and like they are branded as taxis and they've got i don't have a choice i need to move so i basically okay. take it. it's very very interesting please ask your guests can't one do car rental business without owning a car i can basically ask someone to pick you up and i'll pay for the car owner i will then charge the client i think this is a car rental business we need to be open-minded timori in osu your yeah so the cars the cars if you are operating a car rental company, then you the company owns it. Right. Uber doesn't own, own the cars that use the app. Mm. Well, because Uber is very big about we don't own vehicles yes, and get to operate exactly. a service. Very interesting. Um, the guy in the studio just... Um, okay, there are several branded taxi cars on Uber, but he clarified and said Uber on its own website yes. says that vehicles that are branded as taxis are not allowed on the service. So it's very interesting. So maybe someone is not doing something right, I guess. Anyway, I just want to correct a little um, issue. Uber allows taxi-branded cars to operate on your platform. That's Asante from Awoshi. And I guess it seems to be... Um, yeah, so issue. unless they don't want to go with their own laws. Very interesting. Um, unfortunately, we, we don't have a lot of time because we have a conversation about robotics on the show. But um, yeah, um, your comments are still welcome and um, we'll be definitely okay, getting to them and answering them. So, Philip, so, okay, I have that. So, the last one. Okay, so this is from the Uber website. Vehicle requirement. Um, all vehicles being used for rides on the Uber app must meet the following requirements and the final one is cannot have cosmetic damage missing pieces commercial branding or taxi paint jobs yes. so that basically puts the issue to bed if it's you from know, their website. It is from their own website. These are vehicle requirements from Uber. Everything from must have four doors and be able to transport a minimum of four passengers, must be 15 model years older or newer, title cannot be salvaged, and so on and so forth. It seems that quite a number of people are very concerned about this particular issue. And one of them is a CEO of, con of the Consumer Protection Agency, Kofi Capito. And uh, he joins us on, uh, on the line. He has a few things to say about the issue. Kofi... Capito, thank you so much for joining us on City Trends this evening. You have a contribution to make, so um, the floor is open. Yes, yes sir. Uh, I share the sentiment of the gentleman in the studio saying that the laws uh, should be what the law says uh, it must be. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that's the law that we have running in Ghana for the Uber people. Look, let me tell you what. One of the biggest cardinals for a consumer is the right to choose. If some taxes and I remember as a kid, my mother used to send me to go and pick a taxi for maybe the Yankee and the taxi driver would bring me to the house. I mean, as the door-to-door service, every customer enjoys or would like to have that. My biggest issue with people who say that Uber is doing that, Uber is doing that. What is the alternative that the taxis in Ghana are offering? Any country that Uber to, or maybe the... Uh, taxi cabs or other commercial vehicles try to find them. Believe me, they lose. The only place that they cannot go in China. In China, the government of China even bought into, into Uber. So 
to the president, we should rather have health, competition is very, very good and very, very healthy. So let's not sit and pretend as if we are the only people that is facing this. In the United Kingdom, in UK, Uber, uh, Uber one, any other country, any other place that consumers are the ones that make the decision and they pay. And don't forget, we pay for the service. So if we say we want Uber, maybe the other person should look at what Uber is doing. That is making everybody like Uber. I agree they should have a different type of vehicle, yes. In the advanced countries, they have the smaller ones, they have the Lexus, they have all these different types. So it depends on what you want to do. They have different prices for the services that they provide. So if a taxi company, I've got a taxi in Washington, D.C., and I understand what taxi business is. The question is, I don't want a driver. Who doesn't even know where to go when I say I'm going to the parliament house? Who cannot even drive me from my house directly to the parliament house? So the taxi cabs feel that they are going to use GPS, as we are, or we are not being encouraged to use. Maybe they should provide the same services as the other people. And I guess the consumers will decide which one they want to go with. Well, Kuvika Peter, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? We want great service, but it doesn't seem like our laws are very open to allow some of these new services to come in and doesn't make it very conducive for them to thrive. When you say they are not allowed, if they are not allowing, why are they here? I mean, Uber, Uber, Uber is not operating under some uh, pretense or under some any house. Uber has an office. You can locate them. You can go to them. You can, in terms of your tax obligations and everything, we can go to the GRE and find out exactly how much Uber is paying in terms of access. So this is nothing that maybe somebody is sitting somewhere. I'm not a spokesperson for Uber, but as a consumer, I think it's very, very, because you have the right to choose which services that I want to use. But, but you do agree that if certain laws within Ghana are being encroached upon in terms of the operations of Uber, then questions do need to be raised. When you say which laws, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you a simple question. Are you aware that uh, under the Accra Metropolitan Assembly, architects are supposed to have numbers on their doors, right? Is that is that law being enforced? So mm. that mm. for purposes of identification. Look, like I said, you are with a taxi cab. You even need a taxi license, not just your normal driver's license. You need all those things. But in this part of the world, I'll see, we have more certain food measures too. That's what I agree. But the issue is, I would be very, very surprised if anybody wants to take my liberty to choose as a consumer away from me because maybe, like I said, if the law says so, somebody should go to court. As as it is done, I don't go back in uh, 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 places in the world. Any market that they've entered, they are sent to court at the end of the day to win because that's what the people want to back. So all I'm advising is my fellow taxi cab owners and taxi cab operators, do me a favor. Get decent vehicles. Give me competitive uh, price. Please me. People would also use the taxi service. Like I said, I go to, if you go to London, black, sorry, if you go to Germany, you have taxi service still of free. If you go to Washington, D.C., New York, the yellow cab is still of free. I mean, limos are there. 
and you know, so, so there are choices. Somebody can say that I don't have the money to pay for Uber. I will want the Ayalolo bag. Okay, somebody will say, no, I don't want an Ayalolo bag. I want trust one. It's choice. And so for you, if choice is being taken out of the consumer's hand, then it's a problem. Well, Kofi Capito, we are most grateful for your contributions on the show. Kofi Capito is a CEO of the Consumer Protection Agency, and he basically joined us to share some thoughts. So we're just going to get to our last batch of messages on the show, and we'll wrap up with the conversation. Because we have, you know, trending and the app segment to come as well, plus a conversation on robotics. Let's get straight to some of your comments. Good evening. My name is Dixon. Uber doesn't obey laws of Ghana. They don't pay tax. Very sweeping statement. Uh, I wish you could get into more details. What we need to do is to be agile in our law enforcement and parliament. Enterprise Insurance and a few others are offering private commercial insurance now. And as usual, the slow guys are slacking. I also want to ask, what happens to a private car that runs Accra to Tema and also the private cars that runs inside Tema? Interesting. You know, and it's, it's so difficult to answer such a question because people have been running it for years. Also, know that Uber isn't the only app-based ride-hailing app. There are several like Taxify, Uru, Black Ride, Car, Beautiful Feet, and the likes. So why is only Uber the only app being targeted? Such a good question. Uber allows taxis to be used when they make a new entrance in an area. When it started in Accra, taxis were used. However, when... When enough vehicles are in the area, they tend to fade off the taxis. Also, know that Uber has solved unemployment issues than any government has ever done. Attacking Uber is creating more unemployment. That's coming from Louis, an Uber driver. The law is made for people. But what do people want? I believe Ghanaians want Uber. I bet to say that the majority want Uber. And that's a message from Andy. And finally, currently in Kumasi, taxis are allowed. But in Accra, Taxis are not allowed. Maximus, your final word before we wrap up. Yeah, so Uber Uber is a, a great innovation, but they have, they have to obey the law, right? The law must be enforced. We all love very good taxis and very uh, cars in very good conditions, right? So we should we must go with that. And from the comment, you could see that they first allow taxis, and then when they have enough private cars, they fade off the taxis. So. And you saw it. Uh, you saw it on their website. So for me, and then that I comment that Uber has employed more people. I don't know whether it's Ghana or global. Mm. than in the government, of course, four thousand members in Greater Accra region alone. There are over one point six million cars on the road. So four thousand is nothing comparatively. So for me, we love Uber. They should go according to the law, and the taxis must also improve the conditions of their taxis. Well. The debate does go on, and hey, the debate will go on, but when it goes on, you know where to come to have a proper technology conversation, and that is on City Trends. Thank you so much, Maximus, for joining us on the show, and thank you so much also to Kofi Capito and to all of you who sent your messages about this particular issue. We're moving straight into the app segment of the show with Jeffrey Oreku Sapong.
Well, it's a brand new year, Jeff, and um, it looks like the apps market is not slowing down. Why should they? Very good question. <laughs> Why should they slow down? So, what mobile applications are you starting as of okay. this year? My first app is called Adobe Scan. Adobe Scan? Yes. Okay, it sounds like something from Adobe, and it uh -huh. sounds like a scanner. Yes. What exactly is Adobe so Scan? So, instead of finding a whole bulky scanner mm -hmm. to scan your document, mm -hmm. you now use your phone. You now use your phone? Yes. Walk us through exactly what this is all about. So, you if you are, you get your document, okay. Now you instead of going around to look for a scanner to do the whole thing, just open the app mm -hmm. Adobe Scanner. It's available on both um, iOS and Android. Okay. Then take a photo in the app. Mm -hmm. Now the app is able to convert that into a PDF for you to use. The good thing about this is after you've taken the photo. It's not a photo in PDF. The app can recognize text in that photo. And then you can edit and adjust everything so that it, it fits just the sheet or the document that you want to do. That's basically what it does. I see. It's, it sounds like an update that came in iOS 11, I believe, mm. um, where you open notes and then you can actually scan a document. Mm. But this sounds very interesting because it, it allows you access into the whole Adobe ecosystem, yeah. which yeah. offers you too many, too many sure. solutions. Sure. So I, I think it's pretty brilliant. And one thing I've realized, example, with the iOS solution is that you will have to ec probably export into Adobe Reader before mm. you can send see it to you. someone's WhatsApp or something. See? So... It's it's interesting. So Adobe Scanner. So that's A D Scan. Scan. Yes. A D O B E space S C A N. Adobe Scan. So those of you who enjoy scanning documents and sending them as PDFs, this is a very good solution. You don't need a huge scanner. Just get a phone with a good camera and you're good to go. All right. So that's our first mobile application for this week. What's our second? The second is called Duet Display. Duet Display. Yes. Okay. Tell us more. <laughs> okay. So it's for those who need to use two screens for their work. Okay. Now, the thing is for only the Apple users, sadly. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Just that okay. it's not free. So okay. Yeah. It's not free. Of course. Why should you use okay. it for free? Okay. So, so describe the application to us. Okay. So when you connect, you get this up on your iPad or your iPhone. Mm -hmm. Then when you have to use the two screens, mm -hmm. You connect it via cable to your MacBook. Okay. Or whichever Apple PC you're using. Mm -hmm. And then it automatically recognizes it and then opens the second screen on your mobile device for you. No, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Start from the beginning. Okay. So download the app. Okay. Do everything you have to do to set it up. Okay. Now take your cable, connect to your computer mm -hmm. the big one okay now as soon as you do that the app will recognize that you've done that and then give you your second screen on the mobile device on the phone or ipad hmm. yeah that sounds very interesting and it's called what duet display duet display that's yes. d-u-e-t-d-i-s-p-l-a-y -A -Y, yeah duet display so two mobile applications for you this week now it costs 9.99 dollars 
if you want to pay for it yes okay unless you have a way to go around there think well we don't advocate for that <laughs> so duet display is our very first one and adobe scan yes is also that one is for both ios and, and android. android so you can check out those mobile applications and let us know what your thoughts are about it coming up is a conversation on robotics and then we jump into the trending segment of the show and the final segment and we go there's a conversation about robotics and the future of robotics for ghana in ghana and around the world and where exactly ghana places itself in the world of robotics it's a very engaging conversation but you need someone who understands the rudiments of all of this someone who is a practitioner and someone who is also trying to pass the knowledge on them i have the perfect person in the studio with me his name is yao okreku jirinchina he's he holds a phd um in systems engineering from Miya zaki university japan is a founding member of the ghana robotics academy foundation and he's a country director of the foundation stem program called robotics inspired science education he is his regular job actually is at the kofi annan center for ict as a director of studies mr okriku jenchi you're welcome to the show thank you very much philip i mean it's uh, you were you you were updating me when you know you were uh, moving around the world um you know just basically trying to give Ghanaian students a sense of the power and the potential of robotics but for the average listener tune in right now who probably has no idea what this whole robotics evolution is all about can you give us a beginner's understanding more or less very well thank you again uh, philip i think that if we really have to move forward and compete at every level from primary through junior high senior high university and even in industry it's got to get into the um reg- regular curricula it has to but you see the ghana robotics academy foundation we don't have the power to influence that so for now um what we are trying to do is to send that very clear signal to the powers that be that these activities that are going on others are doing things but i can only speak for what we do in the robotics inspired science of course, education of course if we can send the clear signal out there that it's making a difference maybe in a year i don't know in two years i don't know in five years i don't know the powers that be in our educational system will say that now let us get it in for now, I'm not, we are not really going to bother ourselves about that. I think the task for us in GRAPH, which is the, the yes, yeah, to create the awareness and give the students the chance for them to actually demonstrate. Since actually, that, that's what I was, I was, I was going mm. to come to because a lot of people feel that if they don't see the practicality of... Can you, can you give us a practical sense of how robotics is transforming industry, how it's transforming you know, various sectors or various economies across the globe. Very well. And I'd like to give the Archbishop Portugal's example. They came along with a project uh, they call the multi-grain color sorter. It's basically a prototype, very small thing. And it is one that can be applied to the agricultural industry. It sorts grain. So Ghana is an agricultural country. You have different beans or seeds or grains being produced. So these girls, with the support of their coach, designed this robot from the EV3. The EV3 is the next version that came after the NXT. So with their EV3, they've got this 
prototype or this robot built basically a silo kind of with different colors from our receipts representing different beans it could be cocoa beans it could even be the same cocoa beans but you know sometimes um, some are getting rotten and those kinds of things and then you have this machine one by one with a structure so there are two things the architecture of the robot itself and then the program behind it with all of these motors responding to sensors and say okay this is a red one so let me let me kick the seat into this one and as I listen to them explain to the vice president number one what is it in their math class that they are applying to the robot that they had built how it connects to industry in Ghana for me was a joy I don't know if the vice president still remembers I just hope that it stays with him for me it was an excellent demonstration Xavier also came up with the one that I tried to describe before a robot autonomously trying to navigate and they explained the same way as Archbishop Porter Gale's principles that are being learned from math and then physics mm -hmm. and its application in their case they said well what you're seeing now it should be possible to have huge trucks maybe supposed to deliver boulders uh, from maybe a quarry to a place right. driverless right. so you just put this huge stuff into the the bucket of the truck and then you, you've written your program so it goes all the way to the dumping site it does that and comes back so that is leading me to the main question that you asked about how it applies to industry the Ghana Robotics Academy Foundation is not like we want to create or uh, um, yeah, create robot engineers but we just want to create problem solvers robotics is just a fun way mm. that makes these things happen if our kids can just see the problems around if we were to go um, outside of Ghana I mean it's just all over the place in different industry postal services you have um, the agricultural industry, auto, the automobile, robots doing different things. They may look complicated, but Philip, I can tell you, it's just the same math. What is it that you've learned in your math class mm -hmm. to do with integration, to do with differentiation? How can I apply? Mm -hmm. So we don't want to actually box the kids into just one particular single project. Right. Just look around. What problems do you have? You've got a robot. So basically teaching mm -hmm. them the basics and giving them the 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 open space mm -hmm. to practice exactly and and use the knowledge they've learned exactly to solve the problems the problems yes that's 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 incredible listeners you're still tuning in to 97.3 city fm the show is city trends and we are having a conversation about robotics and um how um we are preparing the next generation of Ghanaians to take advantage of it even the teaching of it as well um that's been you know the the core of what we've talked about in the in the first part of of this particular conversation. I'm, I'm here with Yaokreku Jirinchi. He's a PhD holder in systems engineering, and um, he is also um, director of studies at Kofi Annan ICT Center. Now, moving moving on. So we've talked about the teaching of it and the revolution or the changes that need to happen within Ghana's educational system. We've, we've also touched on some of the practical ways by which robotics can actually happen. I I, I guess. For me, what I want to find out now is what we need to put in place to make that change happen. Having done this for seven years, Philip, let me start with the senior high schools. That is for the senior high schools. They really do not need a technical mind 
to guide them. They still need a guide. They need a teacher. They need a coach. They need a supervisor, but not technical. What the Ghana Robotics Academy Foundation does is, when a new school or a new club comes on board, we make an arrangement, and often it's a whole day kind of training, five hours, six hours, of course, with breaks. And then we deliver the, you can call it the basic content, and we give them slides, their videos. We've got a Facebook page where we encourage all of the problems that come up later, the questions to be posted on there, instead of sending email, for obvious reasons. Other teams may be having the same problem too, but then if you send an email, and we responded. It's just to one person. But if you posted it and General, we get... Exactly. Benefits from it. Yeah. That is where the greatest problem is. Mm. Supervision, direction. So for the senior high schools, even if we can find a cleaner, somebody who really wants the kids to succeed, mm. somebody who wants to follow up with the emails and the correspondence that are flying back and forth and tell them that... This is what I've received from Dr. Yao, and you are supposed to do A, B, C, D. Mm. Have you done it? Mm. Show me your videos. Show me where the problems are. Point me to where it is. Mm. That is all that is needed from the senior high school. So far, there is not one senior high school whose administrators have said, we don't want this project in our school. Mm. So what that means is that at that level of administration, everything is okay. Mm. So it is just that adult who is supposed to be in the life of the kids mm. to direct them. This is your time for practice. This is what you have ahead of you. You're supposed to deliver the solution by this time. You've got some milestones and certain things to show. Mm. Have you done that? If we can get that one person for the senior high schools, Philip, believe me, that's all that we need. Once they have the equipment, so as direction, way too often, I think it's a cultural thing, the teachers or the adults are too afraid to let the kids know that they don't know. Right. I don't know how we're going to overcome that. So sometimes we go to the schools, we are learning together, yeah. and you find the teachers and all of them in one corner. They don't want... For me, it's obvious. For me, the way around it is this. If in any school, by the way, we have clubs in churches and neighborhoods and all of that. We've gotten to that point. So if there isn't a teacher who can help the kids technically at the primary and junior high level, that neighborhood or that church would want to look at engaging the services of a volunteer uh, uh, with Ghana Robotics Academy Foundation who would go from time to time to help them. If we can do that, Philip, I can promise you that in the next year, two or three, we will see performances that will rival other nations. And I'm sure there'll be uh, the time to maybe mention a few places that we've been to around the world and how we have performed and all of those things. I was things. actually coming to that. So recently you were in Costa Rica. Actually, yes, we were. Um, for an international you know, meets yes. competition of sorts. So so tell us about that even as we wrap up the okay. conversation. How did it go? How did the Ghanaian students fare? Some of the things that they learned? Very well. The okay. So that was the World Robot Olympiad, which happens once every year. Um, and it's, I think it's always in November. Mm. It has a revolving kind of venue. So Costa Rica was... Uh, this year, th the previous year was India. We started participating in 2012 and the first time was Malaysia. Okay. We tell the students that 
in the World Robot Olympiad, it's about excellence, it's about diligence and all of those things. But there is nothing to compare with. I mean, they, they are unable to imagine. So we get there and just the setup alone tells them that they are in a different space. I'm happy to announce that we are seeing very good results especially with the younger group. And I guess one reason is the fact that the kids, I'm talking about primary and junior high. Mm -hmm. Primary and junior high, clearly they're a lot more willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And it was demonstrated clearly in this year's competition. Okay. Um, there was one particular team um, for the primary level, so you're talking about 11 years and younger. Okay. They were able to rake in 135 points out of a possible 190. Wow. But in the World Robot Olympiad, to be in the top, let's say, uh, top 40, they've got different categories. So primary, junior high, senior high, regular. In each category, you can have as many as 70 teams. So if you're going to be... That's a lot <laughs> it's of a countries lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. If you're going to be in the top 40... Mm you have to rack in 170 over 170. This sorts the boys from the men by time and not score. See. The first thing is the score. But since we began participating in 2012, mm. every single one that we've been to, it's a perfect score. And it's only the first, second, and third who are going to be recognized or awarded. Yes. So it looks like a lot of attitude change. Yes. It looks like um, a different approach. Mm -hmm. It looks like almost a radical approach almost yeah. yes. if we're going to get anywhere with um, robotics education in Ghana. And actually fusing it into the upbringing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the next generation as it were. Well, um, it, it's, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank to you. Thank you, Philip. Any final words before you leave us? Yes, I'd like to um, thank CTFM, Philip, you and... Uh, Everybody else, I've got lots of friends. Some men's is a very good friend of mine. Uh, to announce what is going to happen next year, we've got a number of international competitions coming up. There are going to be five of them. The very first one is going to be in Michigan in May. So we'll have the national qualifiers in January. It's called RoboFest. Then in June, July, thereabout, another one in Mexico is going to be the first global challenge. That same time, um, there's going to be Another one in the U.S., Washington, D.C., that is really not a competition. It's a UNESCO cultural exchange program. But last year, I was invited to speak there. And when I shared with them what we're doing in robotics, they feel that it will be a good idea to introduce it there. So that will be the third opportunity. The fourth international opportunity is going to be Robocom, which is going to be in August in China. Then the last one is going to be like a repeat of the World Robot Olympiad. This time around, is going to be in Thailand. So I'm asking all the teams in the country to decide which competition they want to be in, start preparing. We will help them every way we can. Mm. For the international, so for the national competition, which we organize, um, God willing, by the end of January, we would have come up with the challenge they need to uh, be preparing for, and the competitions will be late September into October. Thanking everybody, my, my friends who are helping get getting this job done, Michael Wilson, Nasabia Sarimenta, Leslie Jopa, 
um, William Tandor, all these people just give and they, they give their time. They're students, they are workers, they also got a full time job and they ask for nothing. And thank you to Dr. Ashiti for giving birth to this beautiful program. And that was my conversation with Dr. Yurinchi um, talking about robotics and its development in Ghana. I will probably bring him back because they are. There are a number of things that they're doing in the country, and so I'll be having him on the show one of these days for us to have an extended conversation. But then basically, he's just trying to give us an understanding of how simple it is for us to take the training of robotics very, very seriously and the benefits that are likely to accrue to the country. Joining me now is Farida Shaibu with the 2018 look of what is happening within the tech space. She brings us the yeah. training segment of the show, and the training segment basically is where we bring you updates on the interesting trends or the interesting stories that have been making the rounds within the world of technology. Farida, you're welcome. Thank you. What's up with you? How has it been it's, within the tech space? It's been good and tech, well, it's always moving. You know, we are in 2018 and we get to 2020. There are a lot of things that are going to come up, you know, a lot of inventions and all that. But S9 is coming. I'm even tired of these guys, of course. S9, S10, whatever they call it. <laughs> and they <laughs> But first, let's start off with um, a story in Denmark having to do with sexual um, explicit contents that people shared on Facebook Messenger. Now, over 1,000 people have actually been charged in Denmark for sharing sexually explicit content of two 15-year-olds without their consent on Facebook Messenger. And that's quite a serious issue. And it's also the biggest case of its kind in Denmark, actually. The video was shared 100,000 times and across the platform. And now a total of 1,004 people, young people, have been charged. Wow. And 800 of them are actually male. I'll not comment on that further. <laughs> but... <laughs> Now wow. it's, it's not um, it's not clear who started sharing the video. Mm. Whether everybody's from Denmark, obviously mm. not. Mm. You know, somebody will start sharing, and well, these these things are all over, and people have termed that as revenge porn. You know, yes, of, of course. course. So sometimes it's, you it's, have a video, and then you have an issue with somebody, probably a relationship gone bad, and the person just puts everything out there, which is a crime in Denmark. You can go to prison for up to two years. I think it should be a law everywhere. Yes. I think it should be a law everywhere. Yeah. It would it would it would help a lot in clamping down on revenge porn as it is. Interesting story. I'm glad that happened. Yeah. So but let just a few tips. When this happens to you, mm -hmm. of course, sometimes mostly the victims are un unaware and obviously not happy about it. So you just report to the social media site first of all. Okay. If it's Facebook, you make you make a report. And then secondly, you also screenshot the images and this will help when you want to, you know, pursue the issue legally. You mm. want to go to courts and then you probably take shots of the number of texts, number of people who are trying to shame you, probably request you've had based on this and then you also file a report with the police and you also consider hiring a takedown service to remove those images. Nice. Sometimes it comes with a cost obviously if you want the job done of course okay so but at least yes there are you, options you, you make sure that yeah there at are options there are that options you can get this um of the internet but if you want to care about these things just don't record of course just don't record it no, it's you your own body why do you want to record it's it's an it's 
it goes beyond tech you know then it becomes a moral issue yes, i have yeah. nobody i want to record it's none of your business you don't have any right but it's, it's another argument for another day well Which facebook is always ruling out um new stuff you know when mark gets bored he's trying he, to bring something changes. else but this time they're trying to you know regulate the news feed right. they're trying to bring less adverts and then more engagement with a lot of people which seems to be like um, good news for those of us who use Facebook most of the time. Because sometimes you just be there, you're scrolling down, there's adverts everywhere. And sometimes the videos just start playing without your consent. Well, the publishers won't be very happy with that. Of course, that. they are not. But somebody is actually saying that this is actually a trick for Facebook to actually get more people into the advertising space. Mm. So the argument is that, okay, they're trying to make you comfortable online and share all your stories you know try to tell me what i want to eat and then you know i tell philip where i'm going and all that and through that these advertisers are actually getting information from you mm -hmm. so it's tricky that's mm. where the argument is that facebook might be doing this in the sense that they're trying to help you know make engagements more easier but when you look at it critically on the other side probably they are even rather trying to get the advertisers get more information from you that's a very so, interesting yeah it's, matter, it's, it's an interesting thing. so finally um s9 is coming and then it's to be expected I next month some february 29th well we for now we have about 5.8 inch display okay hopefully and there's going to be a plus size version which would As be about 6.2 inch and then dual camera for dual camera i think infinite has even taken the lead <laughs> Everybody seems to have a dual camera now. You know? iPhone 8, uh, iPhone already has, everybody yeah, seems everybody to has a, dual, a dual camera. I, I don't know what they are. The image they stabilization that usually is yes. a bit of a problem, but everybody seems course, to want users a dual camera. are more concerned about long battery life yes. and then good camera quality. And basically, if you I, give us that, I think it, we, we are sorted. We are, we are Whatever fine. you bring is just secondary. And for last year, let's just conclude with that. Do mm. you know the top selling smartphone in China? No. You know the second? Just guess. Samsung? No. Which one? Well, Samsung is actually off the charts now. Can you imagine? Okay, wait. So, which phone in China was the top seller? Huawei. Okay, so <laughs> at this point, we end... <laughs> Followed by the iPhone 7 Plus, of which course, I'm sure Mina does use. Course. I'm jealous of even that me, phone. Even me, even I use the it. iPhone 7 Plus. Yes, I love uh, that yeah. phone. I'm jealous of it. Yeah. So uh, you're second. Uh, <laughs> you guys are yeah, second. second. <laughs> Alright, so those of you who own the, all the other phones, good good luck to you. But the CC Trends has a very special offer only for you, our uh, listeners. This is a one-time offer. You won't get this offer anywhere else, so listen up. Now, our new sponsor, Haptel, is letting me give you the opportunity every to every single listener um of this show with 100 free points on their haptel.me app so it's very very simple every listener of 97.3 ctfm city trends basically get 1000 free points on their haptel.me app all you need to do is download haptel.me from the google play store or apple store so go to the section called more and select redeem gift code and enter the gift code c-i-t-i -I. that's city that's spelled c-i-t-i -I. and voila 
very very simple so make sure you download haptel.me from the google play store or apple store go to the section called more and select redeem gift code and enter the gift code c-i-t-i-n that's it you get 1000 free points on your haptel.me app you can use your points to buy airtime internet bundles or pay for your dstv go tv and so much more so hurry up because the offer lasts for just 24 hours so make sure you go right now and download the app yes it's 24 hours starting right now so in 24 hours time it will be over so download the mobile application haptel.me basically on google play store and the apple store and go to redeem your gift what are you waiting for go ahead and download haptel.me right now and enjoy paying for everyday services with your phone from anywhere haptel.me the rewards never end and that's it for tonight's show it's such a great show I'm so glad that you tuned in for your contributions as well. Massive thanks to Maximus Ametogo and also to Dr. Yao Yurinchi for your contributions on the show. To Farida and to Jeffrey, thank you so much. And to you for your contributions of the show on the show. I'm most grateful. It is, of course, conversations and conversations and much more conversations. But until next week, stay techy.